Good afternoon, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this Friday. It's going to be a hot weekend here in Illinois for sure. And um, Father's Day weekend, so all the fathers out there, uh, happy Father's Day. I'll be celebrating Father's Day as well. Um, well, today I, I blogged a little bit about, you know, the, the art of training well. And it's, and it's very simple processes in place. So if you've got, if you, if you can imagine working at a place that, if you can imagine when you go to work, um, think about the best bosses you've ever had. I mean, just think about it. And they're, they're cool, they're calm, they're collected. Nothing seems to really get to them. They always seem relaxed sure of themselves, they're going to make the right decisions, they are going to make sure that everything rolls the way that it should roll. And, um, and when things happen and when people mess up, what do they do? They stay firm. They don't, they don't just sit there and be passive and let it, let it happen. They, they say, no, this is not how you were trained. This is not what is expected. And this is what we actually need. And then they're right there to make sure that when you do it right, they're there to congratulate you. They get you the reward that you needed. They're right there. Um, so that was really what this blog that I did was about. I'm actually making an audio version of this one right now um, and a video. So you can actually tune in and see it. So, you know, what makes a good trainer? Um, a good trainer or a good leader, the, the, the fact is, is that it's, it's how you discipline and how you reward, right? That is the biggest thing. And I and I cannot I cannot stress that enough. When you when you reward something, um, you know it's usually marked by "Hey, you did it! Nice job!" You know, a lot of times when I work with my son, I say work with my son, but a lot of times when we're when we're doing things and it's something he's never done before and he's struggling and he's trying, and I see he starts to achieve just a little bit of it, I always tell him, "Man, that's a great job!" Like, okay, he likes to paint you know, actually help paint walls and things like that. So when he's outside, is he the best painter right now? No, he's seven. He's not the best painter. But when he starts to, and he makes the right strokes, I'm like, hey, that was a really good one right there. And I make sure I, I hit those hard. And it's the same way for dogs. Um, in, in most of the mammalian species, we kind of learn the same way. Um, Pavlov's method has been proven to work on almost all, if not every, mammalian species. So you know that you use clickers for dolphins, which is more like Pavlov's method. So um, you get something pleasurable for performing, and it's first, in, first enticed by some kind of marking behavior followed by something pleasurable. Usually food when you're, when you're dealing with dogs. Um, pizza if you're dealing with me. So uh, just just give you a heads up that, that that's kind of how it goes, especially when there's something pleasurable going on. Um, so what will happen is, so you're working with the dog to make them sit, uh, simple something simple, or you want them to look at you. So what do you do? You take you take a bunch of treats, you put them in your pouch, in your training pouch, and you go out, and you don't move. You just you just stand there. Say you're not moving until you stare at me. And so if you stop and the dog's lunging, 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 eventually what's going to happen is the dog is going to stop, look at you for a second. As soon as you make that eye contact, mark it with the marking word that you use. I like to use the word yes or yay, uh, something, something strong, something positive. But that's what I like to use. And so I will, I will say yay or yes or whatever your marking word is. Or if you have a clicker, the click. 
um, and then you will treat following that word. And the reason why you want to treat following that word is one simple reason. Because if you don't, the dog will never register that word. He will never register the marking word. So when they actually did the Pavlov experiment, um, the dog actually, if he heard the sound as the food was dropping, he never registered the sound. But if they did the sound first and then dropped the food second, what would end up happening is the dog would start to, um, the dog would actually start to salivate. And when the dog salivated, that's how they knew that the dog was expecting some kind of reward. And so that, to me, is, is super positive, right? Um, so, so what do we do wrong? How, how do we make it, how do we get to a point where the dog just doesn't, doesn't get it? You know, how do, we, how do we discipline properly? And I think that's more of a crucial thing than actually making sure the dog marks and does it right. Because that's easy, right? I mean, everybody knows that when you see a behavior you like, that's easy. It's easy to sit there and say, oh, that's going to be less friction. How do you apply the friction in a positive way? That, is, that seems to always be something challenging that when I, when I work with people in a group setting or in a private setting, it just seems like it's their dog. They, they do view it as property. And it's totally okay. You can view the dog as some kind of property. It, I mean, that's the law, right? You view it as property. But you do have to understand that the dog is not literally property. Um, he is a, it's a living thing. And so and it has its own mind, its own brain. Everything running through it is its own. And um, what you're doing is you're trying to show the dog. Um, you're trying to bring the instincts out of him that say, I'm here to please a person. And you're trying to show the dog of what you need in this type of environment. And so we'll do sit again, for example. When you have the dog sit, and you're, and you're not wanting him to get up, and you're telling him, good job, so you're doing a reinforcer, we're not marking this behavior at this moment. We're just saying, good job, you're in a sit, that's where we need you right now, the exercise is continuously going. Okay, and then when we're done, when you put them in a sit, stay, or maybe they sit and then they decide to lie down, what you end up having to do is, some people will take it personally and get very emotional. They'll say, I don't understand why my dog does this. And they start, I said, sit, yank it up by the neck, put it into a sit. Um, uh, they, the, the word has to mean, the Q word has to mean something positive. That There's just no way around it. The, the Q word is the dog going, oh my God, yeah, I'm going to perform for this because I know if I do it right, I'm going to hear that mark word and then I'm going to get a reward for it. So the dog learns to work for things. And, and so when it, when it becomes unfavorable for a dog, especially when the owner of the dog gets very frustrated or embarrassed, then it's no, no longer a pleasurable experience for the dog because now he's not trusting it. He's like, well, this was fun five minutes ago, but now it's not fun at all. And so that, on that premise, it's very important that we be very indifferent, like not very emotional when the dog messes up. We just go, ah, nope. And we go back and we, we, we lure the dog into position or we can even be a little bit more forceful and lift up on the dog's mouth and have them fall back into the sit position. Um, but we do tell them no and we push back into position. 
if they got out of position. We used some type of social pressure, um, but we always use the word no first. So the word no, if the dog's staying in position and you use the word no and the dog puts his butt back in position, that's a proper redirection. So you're being fair. A lot of times when we correct, we're telling no as we correct. And that's not being fair. If you remember before, when a dog is going to get rewarded for something, you have to mark it, then reward. Okay? So when you discipline, you have to mark it with the no and then follow through. And when you follow through, the incredible thing happens is you get to start seeing the dog learn. They say, they say, well, you know, if I only heard good and I'm starting to get up and I hear the word no and I put my butt back on the ground, the next thing the owner should do when the dog actually fixes itself without actually having to go and follow through is tell the dog good job and immediately mark the behavior after you tell it good job. I would give it another second or two, then mark it and then treat or whatever the reward is favorable for that dog. And the reason is, is because dogs got that three to five second window of knowing what they did wrong, when they did it right, and, and, is, it, and is it learning inside the head. And so it's so important that if you're not getting the results that you need, say five out of 10 times, that's, that's not really not getting the results that you need. You gotta, you gotta look and see what's going on in that structure. Is the dog understanding you know, one, are they understanding that the, are they understanding what's expected of them? Two, is the discipline on point? Three, is the rewarding system on point? You've got to make sure everything's going consistently for the dog. And if you, if you don't, you're going to, one of the, they're going to have a little bit of a breakdown. But one thing that you don't ever want to do is lose the cool. If you can stay calm, so take, say, take, say you take your dog out for a walk and he's very reactive with dogs and people and you find yourself, um, you find yourself among a loose dog and, then, and your dog's lunging and everything and he just won't stop and then all of a sudden a dog comes out of the fence and he's in the fence line and he's barking at your dog as you got another dog dealing out in front. And you, I mean, it's just the worst situation possible. You feel this big because your dog is the one who's barking and growling. The other dogs want to play, and you don't know what to do. And that's always a very difficult situation to get involved in. Uh, I completely understand. I was the same way. I get very emotional, very unsure of what's happening. One thing that I would suggest is that if you don't want to make it worse, if you know your timing is not going to be accurate because how fast your dog is reacting to everything around them, is let the dog blow itself out, ride that storm, wait him out. I would not drag my dog through that environment. I would not move him out of the way. I would not do any of those types of things. If you're not strong enough to be able to put him in a position that you need him to be in, ride that storm out. And when you ride that storm out, eventually what's going to happen is the dog is going to give you some kind of eye contact and then you're going to mark that behavior. If you, if you say the dog's name two or three times and it does not respond to you, he's gone. He is, he is so far down the road, you might as well not even be with him because he'd like to drag you down going after whatever bunny he saw. And so it is, it is super important to, to not let that get to you, but to really ride that storm out. And, and the reason why you don't want to remove him from that environment right now is because he's lunging, he's going crazy, 
what's going to happen the next time he, he reads that same area where squirrels go up a tree, the rabbits are there, the dogs are out barking, is he, even if nothing is there, he's going to puff himself up because that's the last memory he actually has of what's happening. And so when you, when you learn to discipline and when you learn to, to reward effectively, anybody can train. It is as simple as that. There is a discipline system. It should be unemotional. It should be firm, and it should be direct. Um, a lot of times I get asked how you work with two dogs at once is because I, they understand confrontation, and so when you direct to one dog or the other, you start to get a different result. And so disciplining and rewarding system has to be on point. If you ask a dog to sit, they should sit. If they don't, there shouldn't be a reward, especially if the dog knows what's being expected of them. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoy the video if you're watching it on video. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the blog if you read it on, online. If you would like an uh, introduction to clicker training, please email me. Go to my website at fourpawstrainingk9s.com. Sign up for the contact form, and I will shoot you the, the introduction to clicker training. It's got a great reading material on it. Um, if you ever decide to use clicker training, it is a great tool. I always tell people, ask people what they want to do. Clicker training is a great tool because it's very consistent when you mark the behavior. There is no talent, there is, there is no um, confusion in the dog's mind when they actually do it right when you use the clicker training. Another tool that's kind of similar is, is, the, is the e-collar. Um, but they, a lot of times I've found that e-collars, if you get a bad one, they're not really reliant on when the dog actually gets, feels the shock or the vibration. So if you get one of those guys, make sure it's reliable and always contact somebody who actually trains with them and utilizes them uh, effectively. So they will know to get a good, reliable one for you. Um, any other questions about this podcast, please, please submit me an email at Patrick Furland at fourpawstrainingk9s.com. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. Again, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. If you're just a fur daddy, happy Father's Day and your fur babies hopefully got you something nice. All right, you guys have a great weekend. Bye.